Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters. I'm here along with Eddie Richard. And we're going to finally wrap up the Ducks' pitiful season. Yes, I know you're all happy that it's now over. We're going to cover the last couple uh, weeks here. A pretty emotional finish to the season. We had uh, some farewells to Ryan Miller, David Backus also in St. Louis, and uh, some other stuff to cover. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, Ducks uh, sending a bunch of players down to the goals. Uh, you have to look forward to that now with their playoffs. We'll dive into that. Some crazy league news involving your favorite player, Tom Wilson, and some other stuff that we'll uh, cover as well. So a, a lot of stuff to go over. Uh, the best part, though, of the last two weeks was I got to get together with Eddie. We hadn't seen each other since that Delorier hat-trick game before all this craziness. We, we ended up getting together and go to two games. And Eddie talked about uh, you know losing weight and how he's going to start this new weight loss program. Just kidding. But no, seriously, we, we got to hang out for two weeks and or excuse me two games and dude eddie i, I was cracking up man i saw you in person you come over to my house i'm like who is this guy dude you've really trimmed down man i'm very very impressed though at what you were able to oh i appreciate that thank you it took a lot of hard work and i remember you made the comment about how, how my jeans are a little uh loose this time it was funny because the same jeans i had on were tight and now they're loose i, I dropped down from almost a size 38 to a size 34 so it was pretty it's pretty good to, to see it's pretty it's pretty good to see other people notice that too especially people that haven't seen me that often i haven't seen you in over a year and the last time you see me I was, I was a little plump so it's uh it's good it's pretty good to for you to acknowledge that and i appreciate that also want to make a, an announcement live on the show i didn't tell you this either mike so this is a breaking news for my part this is the first time all season that i'm gonna Crack open a beer of the podcast and enjoy a beverage while I'm recording the podcast. So, Mike, cheers to you and cheers to my first drink on the show. Uh, for all, you know, the last four months, I was able to drink this week and I had a few beers. So, cracking open my first beer while I'm talking to you on the podcast. So, cheers to you and everybody else. Cheers to you, too. I was disappointed. You wouldn't have a drink with me at those two games. I was like, really, man? But you, you stuck to your guns. I'm proud well, you got of a you. free driver out of it. Uh, we didn't have to Uber, so we saved money on that. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We did. We, <laughs> we did. That's right. And uh, I am drinking Jack Daniels Apple, which is freaking fantastic. I just discovered this recently uh, with Dr Pepper, not Coke. Sorry, I love Dr Pepper more than Coke. So if you like Coke and and Jack, uh, good for you. That's fine. I do too. But I like Dr Pepper and Jack and th this Jack Apple. So it's pretty fantastic if you have. Yeah, had that's Eddie. really good. I was kind of pacing myself, uh, not drinking too much liquor this weekend. I didn't want to get all hungover, not go to the gym. But I did have a half a shot of a uh, Crown. Because my buddy that passed away, he was his favorite drink, and everyone drank a shot of that, and I was just waiting till I had a drink. But then my buddy gave me a shot of his uh, Frank Sinatra Jack Daniels. That was really, really good. A little pricey and more money than I'd spent on a bottle, but it was good to have that that shot. Now I just went old school. I'm just drinking a Bud Light Lime, keeping it simple. So cheers, everybody. Man, you, you know what's funny? The old school fans know Bud Light Lime used to be our drink, Eddie. That was the playoff drink. Remember, it was if we drank at least one Bud Light Lime during a Ducks playoff game, they would win. And I, I don't even remember, but 
when we were good, right? Ha ha, a long time ago. Uh, remember that? The Ducks would almost win every single playoff game when we drank a Bud Light Lime. You're just taking me oh, back. Oh, yeah, well, right I remember that comeback on, on Catala game. I remember I was like, I had the flu that game, so I wasn't drinking. I was just sick as hell. And all of a sudden, they come back, and once they went to overtime, I was like, okay, no, I have to go get some beers. So I shot down in the liquor store, got some Bud Light Lime, came back, even though I was dying because I had the flu. I was really sick. I just was still just throwing them back, and all of a sudden, Ducks win that game, and it just... Perfect. I think I, I think I contributed a little bit by getting that Bud Light Lime and helping the Ducks. Some some reason, some spiritual reason, me drinking a Bud Light Lime helped them win. <laughs> no, but yeah, our Bud Light Lime is old school. It's, it's always vintage. It's always cool, too. It's a light beer. It tastes really good. And I think it's a really good summer beer. And you have to drink it in a can, though. For some reason, the bottle doesn't taste the same. That's too funny, man. And, and you know, we did post that comeback on Catella. Uh, a video that blew up on social media and I always laugh because that that day has a lot of meanings for me because that's the day that uh, my mom was born right Cinco de Mayo also as well Uh, you know God bless her soul and everything Um, but uh, I always it just crack up that they came back on that day and that was her birthday and as all of you know she's the one that got me into all this way back in 1993 uh, she bought that first mini plan uh, for the ducks and, and you know and i guess the rest is history right uh, none of this would have probably really existed uh the podcast or the website or anything like that so um yeah yeah it's, it's just been a weird couple weeks a lot of stuff to go over and cover uh it's been it's been emotional <laughs> that's all i can say I, i've had a lot of a lot of emotion in the last two weeks uh, uh some some happy stuff with you know with with Miller and Bacchus very very emotional for them obviously uh, I, I really not happy with the NHL we'll go into that later in the show and, and break that down too some stuff that's happening uh, they might try to come after me again we'll see uh, and we'll go into that too later but uh, so so this last two weeks the way the Ducks wrapped it up they had four games against the Kings. Two games against St. Louis and two games against Minnesota. They had the first two on the road against L.A. And then the two at home that Eddie and I talked about we were able to go to. And, uh, well, it didn't start out that that well. The Ducks uh, got down 2-0 in that first game against L.A. Ended up losing that one uh, 4-1. Some empty net goals at the end. Uh, You know, the Ducks did have Zegras up on the taxi squad. He didn't play and whatnot and then we also found out that Henrique was added to the COVID protocol he did not test positive but he had a family member so there's that whole contact thing so he wasn't in for this game so so the Ducks started out these four games Eddie uh and it wasn't good you know they they lost this first one uh you know it was closer but they lost four to one and then of course they rallied in in, in the second game and were able to come back and win uh, they were down 2 nothing in that game and were able to do it. Uh, Fowler with a late goal in, in that one. Zegras did come back and play uh, from that game on through the rest of the season. But what did you think about these two games with the Ducks in L.A. before they came back home? I don't think they played too well. I was a little disappointed. That, that second game getting the win, uh, that sparked me even better because that was the first game I bet my buddy. The best of three games left, $100, whoever, you know, whoever wins the best of three series. So I was pretty happy that they came out and got that win. Uh, especially uh, I was happy to see them come back from that, that two goals from being behind and that, those like old school flair of the comeback kids. Always happy to see Sam Carrick get a, another goal this season. I, I think he's one of those players that 
works extremely hard at what he does. He he, he know like you don't expect him to come up there and be a, a top producer. He's never going to do that in NHL. Like, his role's already set. He, he's going to be a future AHLer. But having him come up and give the Ducks energy and have him produce with the goals and the points. He had six points this season. It's a career high and all the stats. It was really good to see that. So anytime you can see a player like that score a goal and help the Ducks get a win, that's always a just a, like a positive and a plus. It was great. He was named one of the, the three stars of the game too, a third star of that game. So it was just good to see. So it was a good start off game to, to leave LA. To leave them their final game of the season with the with the with the big L for them and their fans. So come back to Anaheim and we'll talk about that. Yeah, I, the, I'm with you. The first game w- was like, ah, uh, whatever. I mean, they, they were in it, but not really. Then the second game, they got behind. I, that Camp Fowler goal was awesome. Makes a little nifty move and he scores. Uh, lifts the Ducks in that one. You also had Byfield. He made his debut for the Kings in this game. He had four shots on net. Did not score. Did play almost 18 minutes, so uh, he was out there quite a lot. He did play in the next couple games as well uh, in these two. But, um, yeah, I, I you know, these first two games, the Ducks are in the split on the road. I, I really didn't think of the six periods. I didn't think that they played that well, I, and a lot of them. I mean, they, they were really getting dominated in that second period uh, against the Kings in the second game, and the fact that they were able to come out and rally and get a couple goals and you know make it two to two was huge. So that's how it played out in those two games, uh, and and not a lot of like uh, craziness really. If you if you look at these games, I, I, we know both these teams aren't playing for the playoffs and whatnot, but not really a lot of animosity. Not like it used to be, you know. Not not really going at each other. Which I mean, not that it wasn't expected, but you know they just weren't really at each other. So it's just kind of eh. You know, but uh, like you said, the, the Ducks got that comeback win, which was nice. The Ducks uh, were going to come home and play those two games again against the Kings, right? They, they keep uh, having this battle of L.A. or battle of SoCal, uh, you know, the freeway faceoff for this week. And before we could even get into those games, uh, we had Ryan Miller officially announced his retirement he actually had a Zoom press conference, which I was able to uh, get in on, which was which was awesome. And uh, he finally, you know, decided to to retire and then make the announcement and everything. Uh, and it was kind of interesting. Some people thought maybe he would wait till the end of the season, but instead, he did it at this point. The Ducks then said that he would start in that final home game on Saturday, which we went to. And um, man, I mean. If you have tissue or Kleenex, uh, I would grab it because when you watch that video of him, which they posted uh, several hours later after the initial uh, conference that I was at, I mean, man, he couldn't even get out the words in in the beginning. Like, understandably, I mean, he's just very, very appreciative of everybody in his family. His brother was on there asking him questions. Um, yeah, it was just very emotional. You had uh, Eric Stevens was... And the interview, Guy, Dan Wood, Steve Carroll, Ken French, uh, you know, were all on there. And uh, I, I basically transcribed what Miller said down in text, which is a pain in the butt if you don't know how that works. But I put it in there, put it in the article. Um, it should be, I'd say, 90, 95% accurate. Maybe I missed a little something, something in there. But uh, um it was interesting. I, I was glad that he made the announcement I, uh, at this point because I think he wanted the send-off 
And he was talking about it in there that he kind of wanted to get that pressure off his chest. Um, I, I think he had all that emotion built in. It was very difficult for him to start it, uh, the press conference. And I think that for him able to, to go out there and thank everybody the way that he wanted to do it, I think was very huge. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Miller is probably one of my favorite all-time goalies. I followed his career in Buffalo. I remember I had this this oil painting of Miller I, when he was uh, during the first uh, that Winter Classic. He was at a nice little oil painting I had hung up. Uh, when I went to the Army, I decided to give it to one of my buddies, like one of my best friends. He was a goaltender uh, for my beer league team, but he was like one of my best friends too, and he was there for me. He got me. He, he pretty much got my head straight and kept me on a straight path even though I wasn't having that good of a time in life and th- there's could have been a, a fork in the road where I could have been in trouble gotten some trouble where I probably wouldn't have the opportunity to go to the military and do any of that but he was always there for me so I gave him that send off gift for that so I always had that emotional attachment to Miller but everything he's done as a as an American goalie like goalie is my favorite position in hockey I love that position I, I wanted to be a goaltender Growing up, when I was playing youth hockey, I tried it a few times. I got lit up and just quit. And I'm a terrible goalie. I have good reflexes, but for some reason, when I put all the pads on, I just get super nervous because I want to just, I want to just perform at my best and not let anything go by. And I just kind of let myself get into my own head. And that's what makes me a bad goalie. But it, it's good him announcing his retirement at his time. It's not one of those situations where he can't find a suitor, he can't find a team, or he's that third, maybe fourth goalie, or spent some time in the AHL. He was specifically ready. He came back. Um, it's kind of just on his terms now, and he's ready. Uh, he accomplished everything he feels like he has to accomplish in his heart. So uh, it was really good. And Mike, uh, I can't thank you enough. You, you brought me to the perfect game. I got to see his last last home game we got to watch him live once this season before never seeing him again so that was actually good to be there and watch him in that game that 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 last game too so um i wish him all the best i know he's not done with hockey i know he'll be he'll have some kind of role in hockey uh moving forward so i wish him all the best him and his wife and his family uh thank you for everything he's done especially on that, almost winning the gold medal, he kept the, the USA into that game. Unfortunately, Canada took it. Crosby, boo, sometimes, but you know he's a hell of a goalie, and I, I just so many good memories and so many good plays, and it's just like uh, just amazing, amazing for him. I, I'm so happy for him, and I'm really excited and happy that he got to put on an Anaheim Ducks sweater, and I got to watch him play for the Ducks, and I got to watch him live at Honda Center, especially his last game at Honda Center. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about those games, too, is when those tickets came up, the Ducks said, hey, you can buy tickets for the last five games. And I was kind of like, okay, should I do it or not? I I already paid for my season tickets for next year. And basically, I could have used some of that money to buy the tickets. I could have put up other money. And I was, I, I'll be honest, I, I was kind of 50-50. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you all know I love the Ducks to death. But as far as going to the games, I was kind of like, huh, should I, should I not? And then I ended up uh, you know, doing that. And I even got some extra ones that we gave away as well. And that was not knowing what was going to happen. You know, At that time, uh, we, we pretty much knew that Miller was going to retire but we, we, there was no official announcement. We didn't know exactly what his last game was going to be. 
And then it all is weird. It all worked out too because my wife was doing some stuff with her friends that night and actually both nights, Friday and Saturday. So I was like, okay, well, I got to hit up Eddie, obviously, and to go to those games. And uh, we got disappointed on Friday uh, on that game, right? The Ducks were up one nothing. We, you know, we we really thought that they had that game and that they were going to win. And of course, the Kings get two late goals in there. Um, on the Ducks kind of reminded me of the damn playoffs and the way things went. Uh, I don't even want to go into it, but you all know what I'm talking about. So, you know, back when, when yes, the Kings won some shiny metal object, apparently twice. But uh, that that's what that game on Friday reminded me of. The Ducks had that game. You know, I thought they were going to win it. They got those, those last uh, two goals in the last five minutes of the game. Whatever, kind of ruined it. But then you come back on Saturday. Again, you and I are there. And the Ducks just destroyed the Kings in this game. Um, you know, Zegras with a beautiful goal early in that one. Even our boy Delorier, which a lot of people are, you know, maybe 50-50 on him. I don't really care. I still like Delorier. And uh, the Ducks, you know, jumped out to a 4 nothing lead and, and, and ended up blowing out the Kings. The only thing that I guess would have made that night more perfect, Eddie, was a shutout. But the Ducks ended up beating L.A. 6-2 uh, for Miller in his final game at Honda Center. Yeah, that, that was fun. I, I think I think that whole those two days for me were just perfect. It was a perfect weekend. I got I got to I got to see my buddy again. I got to see you. Like, that was just like that was just a spark right there at itself. And then seeing live hockey, like I'm not gonna lie, this season has been tough on me. Uh, the gym that really takes a lot out of me, and then these double workouts and really like focused on my goal. I haven't really had time to sit there and unwind at times and relax. So just being at the live game, hanging out with you, Mike, it felt good. It felt like such sense of like like normalcy again, and I, I like that. Um, it was just I I can't even describe the the feeling it, it was to see a live game, and then going to that 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 two one loss, they played well. They didn't play that bad. I was expecting a little bit more physicality in the fights, but that didn't obviously happen. I know the game's transitioning to a kind of a new style of game. I I, I wish I would have saw a little bit more of that. Um, we, we did get on the Jumbotron. That was probably a cool. Shout out to our buddy Chad for that. We appreciate that. That was my first time ever being on the Jumbotron. And, of course, during intermission, I think I'm tweeting something out on Ducks and Pucks. So I'm not on Tinder, which Mike joked about. But, uh, <laughs> no, but it, it, it was just a fun experience, both games, uh, despite despite that loss. And the, that last game, it was just perfect. Uh, I think that was just, it was just perfect, perfect way. I was so energized. I played hockey three games before that, so I should have probably been tired and, and out of it. But no, it was just motivating. It was uplifting. It was fun. I got to hang out with you before the game. We got to have lunch. See Miller get that final win. The Ducks blowing him out. I won the $100 bet. That's awesome. And I kept that $100 to buy drinks for this weekend, but my buddies didn't let me buy any drinks this weekend. So I still have that $100 I can spend. But it was just an overall, those two days, it was great. It was fun. And I really wish that that blowout to the Kings was the, the Ducks' final game because that would have been a beautiful game to go out. Like, okay, Ducks had a bad season, but they finished it on this one. But at least they finished it at their home their homestand on beating the Kings in that big blowout right there. So that's just, that's just great. It was a good, good win for the fans, especially the fans in attendance. A lot of them haven't seen a win at all because the Ducks just been playing terrible. Um, I was impressed with seeing Flurry skate live. He's a big kid. 
but he skates phenomenal. I I I think he's gonna have a bright future, and I I, I hopefully it just transitions to a consistent top four, if if not top pairing defenseman, because the way he skates is just tremendous. Yeah, and we'll talk about him a little bit later in the show. We'll we'll touch on the expansion draft again, though we will have a whole show on that as well. But you're right. Uh, the way he looked was was great in those two games, uh, seeing him live and in person and whatnot. And, you know, we got some love too. Like you said, we ended up on the Jumbotron. I, I don't know if I've ever been on it since 1993, going to all the games. I, I don't remember uh, a time or maybe if I did I didn't see it so that was pretty cool we had people come up on Friday's game and say a couple things to us uh, you know uh, shaking our hands appreciative of the stuff that we do and you know um, it's just awesome it was a good experience even though they they lost at the last second uh, I thought the Ducks deserved to win that game like you talked about and yes uh, you know beating the Kings in that last home game I wish that that was the final game of the season I um, I know we'll get to St. Louis and Minnesota in a minute, but uh, I, I was good with that. I was like, you know what, Eddie, we could just forfeit the next four games and hopefully end up with the first overall chance of winning the draft lottery, which we all know that didn't happen. We'll go into that too, but that's how I felt after that game. I was like, you know what, uh, we could just end the season right now, Eddie. So I think you had a really good point there. Yeah, and I had to drive home all depressed because Ducks lost again. I hate... See, that's what I hate going about uh, going to games is go to games and you drive home pissed off because they lost. I live about 20, maybe 30 minutes away. We'll say 30 minutes away. So I'm just driving there. I'm just thinking like, okay, a duck should have done this. They should have done that. Or I'd rather drive home. It's like, oh, I got to see this. I got to see that. So like that last game was just great. Like, like you said, Mike, they should have forfeit the rest of the games. Maybe minus like that second Blues game for Bacchus, but I, I probably should have forfeited the rest of the games. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just how I felt. It was just like it was a great feeling. You saw him come out on the ice uh, with his wife and, and his son, all the Ducks players at the end. We got lucky. We got to see it and, and take some photos and whatnot. We posted all those on social media. And... Uh, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I, I don't know how you can't sit there and look at this guy who's, you know, 796 wins as an American goaltender in the NHL the most and uh, just not be overcome with the emotion. You know, the, the photos that they put up on the big screen, seeing everything there, like, uh, you know, everything just felt right in the world at that moment, Eddie. Wouldn't oh, you I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I got a little emotional. I felt my, my heart tingling a little bit just watching it. Just taking it in, had to put my phone down and stop recording for a little bit just to take just take it all in. Even though I was in the three hundred level, I was far away from him, but it was just I was close enough where I can I can feel the energy and I liked it. I, I loved it. It was just I, it's it's a memory I'm never gonna forget in my life, and I'm glad I was there for it. You know what remind me of too was uh, some people I saw talking about this was when Tamu was out there on the ice for his final regular season game against the Avalanche and pulled Jaguar out in the ice. And, and like, I'm not going to compare the two. Like, that that's a hard one to say. Like, oh, this one's whatever. But that's that's how I felt, Eddie. When Tamu grabbed Jaguar and pulled him out on the ice for that game, I lost my shit. And uh, you and I, same thing with this game with Miller. Uh, dude, I had to, I, I, seriously, I couldn't uh, 
Hold it back, you know. And that's that's why we love this game. Oh yeah, I remember I was at the bar uh, in Colorado. It's Lonnie's last regular season game, and I was tearing up at the bar. I didn't care. It's like, and you know, I don't even think people around me at the bar gave a shit. They like they all knew what I was watching, so it's like they can kind of relate to the, the, watching their favorite idol. And I tell my buddy that all the time. He was a he was a big Kobe fan, and when Kobe passed away, he got really emotional, and he understands. Like that emotion I have for Solani, the player that I grew up watching and had those experiences with. Uh, I got to hang out with him in his restaurant or see them at those practices uh, time in and time out. It was just it's just sports. Sports is something awesome. Sports is, gets you out of your, your, your element of reality and gets, it puts you in just something better. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I think you guys listening feel the same way about sports you have your guys's players your guys's games you feel the same way so you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah i agree especially with everything going on in the world right now it's definitely a welcomed uh distraction uh to what's going on and so the uh the ducks you know talking about more stuff more emotion they go into st louis they played these two games um, you know, Bacchus, he started in St. Louis, uh, was there for a long time at the beginning of his season. The Ducks uh, lose the first game. Uh, Getzloff did have a goal in this one. He, he, he actually got the puck off a turnover, so they were joking, saying how he had to shoot the puck, and he scored. But uh, uh, the Blues ended up winning that game. Uh, game two, Bacchus got in there. Uh, again, seeing the fans salute him. Um, the, the Ducks came back and won this game. They went to a shootout. Terry with just a straight-up badass goal uh, to win it for them. And then the players congratulating Bacchus at the end. Uh, just another like tear-jerker-type moment. I, I don't know how you don't look at that and just appreciate this sport uh, and everything involved. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Ducks uh, split these two games. Uh, like we said, didn't really play well in the first one against the Blues. Uh, the second one uh, was just, wow, it was a lot going on. You also had Comtois getting in a fight. You, you know, he's been <laughs> getting in some battles, uh, you know, a couple times during the season. And that game had a little bit of everything in it, Eddie. And uh, I just don't know. I, I, you know, with that, obviously, we're at home watching that one. I didn't have a drive for that one either. <laughs> yeah, you know, you forgot to talk about that, that one other fight, too, that happened with the Ducks and Blues game with the fans fighting each other. <laughs> I think it was probably yes. the first time we've seen a, a Ducks fan fight this season. So it was just, it was kind of funny to see. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I'm not going to speculate. on. I mean, it's kind of a he said, she said thing. But, I mean, come on. At least have some composure. You're fighting at an arena. Obviously, there's alcohol involved when things like that happen. Uh, it's been limited this season. It just, regardless, it, it, who started it, you could always just walk away, turn the other cheek. It's just... There's, there's no reason for that. It, it makes the sport look bad. It makes you look bad. Uh, so shame on the Blues fan. Shame on the Ducks fan. I apologize if you're a listener. But I'm just saying it how it is. I don't hold back and I speak the truth. And that's just my personal opinion. But, I mean, we have to be better. I, you know, I, I've been in situations like that where I've had to walk away from, from things where I didn't want to. Uh, normally, I probably wouldn't have. But I, I, it's just... Come on, now you're on video. It, it's done with, we're going to talk about it because it happened. And what we do, we talk about what's going on. And it hasn't been that many fights uh, with the Ducks players. So we got to talk about if the fans uh, 
want to throw out and throw blows, but hey, you know what? I probably ranked that 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 fan fight for that Ducks fan is probably uh, one of the my top favorite fights of this season from the Ducks or someone wearing a Ducks jersey. So <laughs> that that was actually pretty cool. As far as Bacchus, uh, Bacchus, true professional animal lover too. So obviously, I'm gonna love him even more. Um, yeah, he, he played 965 games, I believe, this season. He was short of that 1,000. I really was hoping he would get to that 1,000th game. I, I, I said it before on numerous shows that I wish the Ducks would have played him more. There was nothing really to lose. You just gain from having that experience and that leadership on the ice. But I wish him all the best, too. Uh, if he decides he wants to try to give it a, uh, another go uh, next season, I don't, I don't think so. But that's still a possibility because he hasn't really officially said it was going to be it. Really, not like Ron Miller did, but regardless, it's just it was good to have him in a Ducks jersey. It was good to have him mentoring our players, especially we have a lot of young players coming up that we can build the team around. So having someone, someone like that, that that can play that game, that two way style, and that has that leadership ability, it was an honor to have him wear a Ducks jersey. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. It's all about the mentoring, uh, bringing him in. And helping these younger guys, uh, you know, with the, their game and giving them some, you know, direction and whatnot. And just another tearjerker, you know, with uh, the things that happened. Uh, there was a scary moment, too, in these games. We had Fowler getting knocked out in the first game with a collision at the ice. Uh, there was no real call on that or anything. Um, we'll definitely go into player safety a little bit later on the show. But uh, he was able to come back and, and then play in that second game. And then uh, Terry with just a sweet move to get the Ducks the win. So, you know, all in all, good thing, Eddie, for both Miller and Bacchus because you, you had them win at home for Miller. And then you had them win for Bacchus, uh, you know, back in St. Louis where he started his career. So at least those two things uh, went well uh, for both of them. And then, of course, <laughs> the Ducks go play Minnesota, and they lose both those games 4-3 uh, to three over, in overtime. I'll talk about those. Miller did play the last game of the NHL season, and, and the Ducks did rally, but you know they came up short in that one, unfortunately. But uh, uh, they did come back again. They were down by two goals in that last game of the season. Um, they came back late in that first game, too, against Minnesota, and then lost right away in overtime. We did see Henrique and Manson come back finally. If you, like, as we talked about, uh, Henrique had the uh, the COVID protocol back at the beginning of the the four games with the Kings. Manson, uh, he got knocked out. If you remember, he got in that fight with Lemieux and um, was out. So he was able to finally come back and play in these last couple games. So they were exciting these last two games, but the Ducks came up short in both of them, Eddie. Yeah, you know what's funny about that that last game of the season? That was the first game, first hockey game I've watched all season while enjoying a beverage, an alcoholic nature of beverage or whatever. So that was actually kind of fun to sit back and actually have a beer and watch the game. My buddy watched uh, some of the game with me, but I really thought they were going to get that win. They rallied back. They came back fired up, and they came back uh, by scoring those goals. So it's like, okay, now we're going to get them going to overtime. You know they're fired up for Miller. Let's go ahead and get that. And boom, Minnesota wins. Like, damn it. But you know what? It, it was still a good game. I'm glad they actually had that fire and they were able to, to come back and give Miller that extra little bit of hockey left so he could just take a, to take it all in and play that extra minutes. 
Um, fortunately, it, it didn't work out in the Ducks' favor. Go figure. Um, but it was really classy, and I, I can't stand Minnesota. You guys listening, any new listeners, I hate Minnesota more than I hate L.A., but it was classy of them to acknowledge Miller and classy for their fans to, to be everyone up, uh, just giving him the respect that he deserves. So that was good to see. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this team. Uh, we have a, a new first line we'll talk about later, but it seems like like our young guns and our young generation are really filling it, really stepping up and really getting into their groove and becoming uh, more comfortable being at the NHL level. So I'm, I'm taking that as a win for the Ducks. So hopefully they can build off that and, and hopefully Miller is satisfied with the last career start of his of his NHL career, especially getting some bonus hockey. I just go figure. I know I had mixed emotion too at that last game because like you said, I was kinda like, oh man, like, you know, after we went to the game at Honda Center, it was the final one of the, the regular season at home at least. I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need. I don't need anything else. And then I was like, okay, St. Louis and Bacchus. Okay, the second game. All right, I'm good now. And then these two games against Minnesota, I'm like, okay, they lost the first one, went to overtime, they lost right away. Whatever. Second one, you know, they come back, come to us, scores again. You know, he's leading the team, 16 goals. Uh, you know, for the season, uh, Zegers had an awesome goal in that game too, just a total laser. And I thought, okay. They'll, they'll win this one in overtime for him to finish the season. And, and they didn't. It's unfortunate um, the way it finished there in Minnesota. Good to see them fight back. And then, man, when you see Miller hugging his parents at the end of this game, uh, I think it was Bally Sports that put out the video first. Oh, my God, man. Just I just like losing it, man. So many tear-jerker moments. And these last two weeks of the Ducks, I, I don't know how you sit there and, and just don't lose it i mean if you love this sport and even like you said you can't stand minnesota and they did a tribute to miller too you know i i mean that's the thing like it's just like the kings you know uh, we don't like them right they they went and shook uh miller's hand at, at the end of that game at honda center uh you know you saw quick who again we can't stand him but you know he is out there with miller too another american goalie and i mean you have to sit there and take yourself out of those rivalries. I know it's hard, but I mean, the stuff that happened these last two weeks, Eddie, with, I don't know. It's just something, it's just tough. I mean, you know, with uh, all the Tamu stuff, right? And then uh, bringing back uh, Korea and Niedermeyer with their banner things. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I had I had a hard time this week keeping a dry eye. That's all I can say, and I just I just love this. Yeah, it just makes you proud to be a hockey fan. Just that, that respect they have for one another, especially the Kings. Like, I don't have really that big of an issue with the Kings. I mean, some of their fans are annoying, but I, I grew up with mostly their fans because like a lot of them are my like my friends, my teammates, my family members. Um, so I'm like kind of always the odd, like the odd man out. Even, even like bars I used to go to when I was drinking more before, like they're all Kings fans, so they all give me crap. But it's just it's just fun. It's a fun environment. The Kings organization they always been uh, a class act. When they they honored Solani and his his farewell tour, they gave him that 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 surfboard. Them staying on the ice, it's just it's not something they felt like they had to do. It's something that they wanted to do. Uh, I think Kopitar is a tremendous leader for them, and and Dustin Brown, even though he doesn't have that captaincy anymore, I think he still ex- exempts that leadership role. It's just it's just good for Southern California hockey to have 
two class act teams that have two strong captains and Getzloff and Kopitar. And it's just good to see rivals like that. They can have that respect for each other. It's just with everything that goes on in the world and society and all the like negativity you see day in and day out, you see two rivals that have been heated rivals for many seasons can come together and show that same respect. So that's just, I think that's something great. It's awesome. Uh, it's, it's one of the other millions of reasons why I absolutely love this sport. And I just, I, I, I can't even describe more how much I love this sport, but like those are the reasons why I love it. Yeah, I mean, those moments, like you said, especially now, I mean, like you said, so many things going on, so many people, unfortunately, divided about certain topics, which we're not going to go into, and, and you look at this, you got these guys out there on ice, battling it out, doing all these things, some rivalries out there as well, and they're able to, you know, uh, celebrate Miller's career and Bacchus's career. Uh, it's just amazing. It's amazing. So, I mean, it's an emotional finish for the Ducks season. Very emotional finish. And, uh, you know, we'll shift kind of gears here and, you know, kind of what's next for the Ducks, right? The season's over. What's going to happen? Well, the Ducks ended up being uh, the second worst team in, in the NHL. So they have the second best odds to win the draft lottery. And I put out this tweet, and it kind of blew up after uh, uh, that that last game. When I said, "Hey, you know, that's where the Ducks are at. Under the new rules, they could end up first or second, third, or fourth. You know, knowing the league, they'll probably end up fourth. And everyone blew up. That that one got a lot of attention. But if you remember, we talked about the draft lottery last time, and Eddie and I pretty much blew it up, and and we were really upset last summer uh, when they did it and went off on it. So th- there's some rule changes. What they basically are doing this time around is there's only going to be two drawings. So that's why the Ducks being at second, the worst that they could do is fourth, which is why I joked. I'm like, oh, they're going to end up fourth. Well, the percentages do say they will end up fourth, unfortunately. They have a 13.5% chance to get the first picked, 13% for second, 29 for third, and then 44 and a half percent chance of getting the fourth pick. So it's just not looking good. It's looking like the third or fourth pick uh, on there, but we joked about that. And then uh, coming for the next uh, draft lottery in 2022, they won't allow teams to move up more than 10 spots. That was a huge criticism by Eddie and I, where you had all these teams way out there, you know, ended up being first, second, or third. And then you also can't have a team win twice in a five-year period. So some pretty interesting stuff there, Eddie. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I talked to Thomas a little bit about this. I don't know. I'm not as excited about the draft lottery after talking to him. But what do you think? I mean, a lot of these minor league uh, you know, teams haven't played or they played shortened seasons. So it's kind of hard to evaluate the players. I mean, it's good that the Ducks are going to be high, right? First to fourth. But uh, what do you think as far as the Ducks' chances of, uh, you know, and who they're going to get um, in, in this draft lottery? Yeah, that's going to be a hard one. Uh, I have to really, I, I haven't really dived down too much on, on the picks right now. I'm waiting for Thomas to throw his input in there so I can do my own independent research. But it's, we're guaranteed a, a, a good pick. We haven't, what, second overall pick was in 2005 when Ryan, and that was just by, strictly done by lottery because that was after the lockout season. Um, 
hopefully, I, obviously, I want the first overall, and we have a, a good chance at getting the first overall, even though there's a, a lower percentage because the last few seasons, the dead last team didn't really receive the first overall. You can go and ask the, the Red Wings what happened to them last season. They got kind of screwed out of that. I, I'd be happy with uh, a, you know, a second, a second, a top two. Anything less than that, I, I'm going to be bummed out. But regards to these these players not really playing or we, we haven't really can see them and see what their potential, they're still good hockey players and they can still develop and be superstars. So having that, that top pick is going to be good for the Ducks. And worst comes to worst, it, it can be used as trade bait, a, a bargaining tool. You can trade that that first, second, third, fourth overall pick for a roster player that's gonna that can pay dividends and help to accelerate the Ducks, and you can help build off the team off that. Obviously, we have a player like Zegras, who's going to be a superstar. Is going to be our number one player. He he likes to you know she likes to pass the puck. He's kind of a pass first kind of guy. It'd be great to have someone that can bring in that can finish off that and kind of score those goals that were much needed goals. So it's I think it's a win win for the Ducks regardless. Um, uh, just hopefully we can we get the first. If not, I'll be shooting uh, for a top two. Yeah, for me, if we get third, I won't lose my mind. I mean, I won't be happy. I won't lose my mind. If we get fourth, I'm going to be like, really? I'm going to be annoyed. But but I'm with you. And just so you guys know, we're going to have some other shows after this uh, this one talking about the expansion draft, draft lottery, all those kind of things, free agency and all that. So we're not going to cover too much of that in the show. We're just kind of recapping the end of the season uh, and, and kind of looking forward a little bit to things that are going on. Uh, the draft lottery is scheduled for June 2nd, tentative, right? Because the way the world is right now. Entry draft, July 23rd, 24th. So keep those dates in the back of your mind. Uh, like I said, tentative. So the thing to look forward to with the Ducks now uh, is really the goals. I mean, the Ducks sent a whole bunch of players down to them. It's not really far, right? They went from Anaheim to Irvine, the way this season worked out. But uh, Zegris, Drysdale... Uh, Agazino, uh, Benoit, Leterrier, uh, Mahura, and they're both the Carrick brothers all went to the goals. Sam had to pass through waivers, which he cleared. So they're going to be down there playing the rest of the season. And then they have their playoffs, which have been modified. There is no Calder Cup, which that's unfortunate. What's going to happen is, is each division is going to do their own thing. For the goals in their division, they're going to have a play-in round at Great Park Ice on May 18th. Fourth place is going to play seventh, fifth against sixth. Then the winners are going to play each other on the 19th. That will be the fourth seed. Fourth seed will then play the first and then second and third. They'll have a three-game series, and then those winners will play in the championship for the division. So uh, it's a little bit modified, but hey, it's a little bit more hockey you get to watch. Uh, of course, Zegers and Drysdale being the big names that everybody wants to see. So at least there's a little bit more hockey uh, Eddie, I mean, yes, the Ducks are gone, but uh, you know you can watch them and see how they do, uh, you know, in the AHL for at least the next uh, month or so. Yeah, I can still watch the Avalanche too and watch NHL. It's gonna it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun playoffs. Uh, I'm looking forward to next season though. I'm looking forward to everything going back to normal. I, I miss it, and hopefully, I can attend more games. Bearing nothing goes wrong or anything like that. So um, just. Go goals in this kind of weird no Calder Cup kind of division playoff kind of thing. 
But hey, you know what? More hockey, a better, uh, more development for these guys. I know Zegers and Drysdale are probably going to tear it up. They had that motivation. I, I was seriously impressed with Drysdale. Like I said before, in numerous podcasts or podcasts before that I thought he would need another year of development before, but he just looks amazing. He looks great. I love the way he skates. His head up all the time. He, he just thinks outside the box. And he doesn't panic. He doesn't stress out. It just. He's a solid player. I love watching him play. It's fun. It's fun watching both of them play. It's going to be an exciting future for the Ducks, especially when they start building the team off of these two players and seeing what they can do. Uh, they, they just got their they just got their feet wet this season. The, the little small sample size. They're both eligible to be Calder Cup our Calder uh, Trophy participants next season. So I, I I really look for for pretty much a friendly rivalry between these two players. To, to step up their game and be those 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 top players that the Ducks know they could be in. And obviously all the fans watching know they they can be. Yeah, I mean, it's I, you got to watch those games if you can. If you don't have the AHL uh, TV, um, I would check it out and try and get that, uh, you know, if you can't watch it. But, uh, yeah, for us, really after this, it's, it's next season, right? I mean, that's what we're going to look at. we got a lot of questions about that we're going to dive into um actually right now but right before i mentioned that uh david backus was nominated for the bill masterson trophy uh each team nominates one and that's for the player that recognize uh, they recognize as being um uh the sportsmanship dedication to hockey and uh exemplifies uh perseverance so i thought that was pretty cool eddie that the ducks uh, ended up having him be the nominee, given all the stuff that happened this season, his mentorship, and and whether or not it's his last season, which it looks like. But I thought that was cool for him to be nominated. I don't know if he'll win, but I think he was definitely deserving of, of having that uh, record. Oh yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't think of another player better to, like to go and nominate that uh, that that for. So hopefully he wins it. Uh, knowing how the league is, we'll probably get overlooked as we usually do. Uh, another player I wanted to throw out there too, just because I think he had a phenomenal season. He really stepped up to the plate and is a goaltender, so I, I like him, even though he was a former Kings player too. But uh, Jack Campbell, when he got drafted by Dallas, it, it was kind of one of those things where uh, where you didn't really like know what he was going to be. People wrote him off. He wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be that player, but he just stuck with it. He he just stuck with his game, and he ended up having some success and, and took over that role when Anderson got hurt and, and went on a big tear for them. I think he's been one of their best players. So I, I want to give a shout-out to that, especially a respect for a fellow go- a goaltender. Other non- uh, mentions, too, that are kind of nominal are Corey Perry from the Ducks. I wouldn't mind seeing him winning that at all. Uh, he, he's, he's had some success in Montreal and he's just being his typical self the warm that everyone calls him and playing some good hockey Flurry, I think Flurry is another one that people probably could rally behind and really accept the fact of him winning and another player that I'll end it off with is Zdeno Chara obviously he's just he's a legend in the game he's still going strong he can still play the game at a decent level he's not the player he was before He's still that scary big monster machine, that gentle giant. But uh, congratulations to everyone regardless. If Backus wins, that'd be freaking amazing. That'd be awesome. Uh, that'd be great. But you know, congratulations to everyone and, and may the best person and most deserving person win. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I, I don't know if Backus will get in there, but like you said, we'll talk about the league too in a little bit. And, and Well, we talked about an expansion 
uh, draft lottery, or excuse me, and just the regular draft lottery, uh, getting boned. So I, I will probably get boned here too. <laughs> so we'll, we'll 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 see what happens. I don't think he's going to win it, but uh, yeah, whoever they pick, um, you know, congratulations to them. But uh, as far as this team goes moving forward, you know, you have to look at what are they going to do. We had a lot of questions about the veterans. Uh, and, and, and what's going to happen in the offseason. Of course, the big, big question is uh, is whether or not Getzloff will be back. That's what a lot of people ask. We had uh, T-H-O-L-L underscore 15 on Instagram asked that. Also, Rob JPK 1990 asked that. And then we had Chad uh, Lowry asked, you know, what kind of contract would he sign? So the word is right now is that Getzloff is going to come back to Anaheim that's the word as of today uh, you know could it change in the summer maybe but the plan is for him to come back sign a contract with the Ducks as far as the length I would think as Chad asked I would think one to two years would be in that ballpark and I, I think you know that he'll be back uh, we know Miller's going to retire Backus hasn't announced that he's going to retire but he's he's probably going to be done as well and we'll, we'll dive into some other stuff, too. Um, and then we also had Roska David. He asked about Miller as a goaltending coach, something you kind of talked about is if Miller was going to do some other things. I think that'd be a great idea. I don't know if he will, but that's kind of where we're at, Eddie. I, I think that looking at this, you know, you take Backus and Getzloff off of, excuse me, Backus and Miller off of the, the roster and then uh, that would leave uh, Getzloff coming back as of right now. Yeah, I can I, I can see Getzloff coming back. He he still has he saw some. I I know he's probably the type of player that doesn't really reflect on personal goals and personal records. But I think it, in the back of his mind, it's important to him. I think having him back it helps the Ducks. He, he obviously he said he's not going to be that that player he was before. Uh, that we all remember him for, but he still has a, a lot to offer, a lot to give, especially that that leadership role and that mentorship. Like we, we need someone like that. I think Getzloff, and I'm not just speaking this as a Ducks fan, but I'm saying it as it's just a hockey fan. I think he's one of the the best captains in the league. So uh, having him back, and I definitely think he'll be back. As far as the, the contract length, uh, don't be expecting anything more than one year. I think it's going to be a one-year deal. I honestly think after he comes back for one more season, I think it'll be it for him. Um, I'm not sure how long this rebuild's going to take, but I can't see the Ducks going out for a Stanley Cup within the next two seasons. And I'm not sure if, if he wants to kind of wait around and, and play that extra hockey when he's at the tail end of his career. And, and he shouldn't have to. He doesn't deserve that. He, he's proved everything he has. He's given everything he can to the Ducks. And I think he deserves that time to be with his family and with his children and kind of enjoy life away from hockey. Uh, is Would Getzloff be done with the Anaheim Ducks permanently after that? I don't think so. I think he'll still have a role with the organization. He's too valuable. But as far as the contract term, uh, one year, I think it would be fair to say maybe 3.5. 3.4 in that range for the year. Yeah, I, I think if I'm with you, one year, maybe two years max. So that, that's what I would look at. You know, maybe he pulls the Tamu thing and does one year and then maybe see how it goes after that. So we'll see. But I would expect him to be back uh, from what I'm hearing, at least for one more season. So 
I, the other issue too, a lot of you blew us up with these fan questions. Oh my God. Like I, I think we get blown up with this, you know, almost daily, but uh, it's not just the roster, but what about management? What are the ducks going to do with the coach? What are they going to do with the GM? Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to answer all the individual questions because there's so many of them on here about uh, Aikens and Murray. And, you know, are they going to be gone next season? Are they going to be here next season? Uh, when is the ownership? One of the questions from Doug here. When is the ownership going to get rid of Murray? Um, we had another guy, uh, Smoked and Bandit. I was laughing. He says, well, what time on Monday can we expect both of them to be released? Well, we're recording this on Monday and they're still here. So, obviously, that didn't go through, yeah, right? Well, you know so, what? Uh, Smoked and Bandit, if they were going to be really- if, if they were both going to be gone on Monday, it'd be right after we, re- we set this show out for production, right after we record, because for some reason, every time we record and it gets sent out, there's some kind of Ducks news that comes right after it. So if that's going to happen anytime today, it's going to be after we're done recording this show. <laughs> Dude, I swear, <laughs> never that, fails. that's been like, yeah, it never fails. We'll post a show uh like this we're recording it later on monday we put it out like the next day and then there'll be something there'll be like a trade or something crazy happens so exactly (laughs) i just laugh at that but what i can tell you is this i you know kind of talking to some people kind of the word on the street things i've heard a little bit lately is that (sighs) the problem here uh is that the players get along well with aikens it's the players don't get along with Murray. That's the issue. Murray's the problem. So whether or not he's going to be gone or not, you know, I, I don't see it happening. I, I don't because the problem with that is the owners put too much faith in Murray. That's what it comes down to. I think we talked about this on some of the other podcasts before, but the owners are great people. Don't get me wrong. They've done a lot of stuff to help the community. They, Like we said, during the lockdowns, keeping people uh, you know at work and paying people and all these things don't get me wrong but the problem with all this is that they put a lot of faith into murray and murray doesn't put that same faith in akins so that's the issue we're having right now so will they do anything about it i don't think so will they let his contract run out and bring someone else in i i think that's the more likely scenario I would hope that that would happen, but I, I don't know. I don't know if they will. It's just unfortunate. The, the stuff that I'm hearing is that Murray's a big issue. Um, for some reason, he can't let Dallas run the team he wants to, you know, the way he wants to. Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, yes, we've talked about the lineup optimization, the things that we don't like, and, the, and how the team could have been uh, at least icing a better team this season, right? That was a big problem. But, um, yeah, uh, that, this is some of the issues that we have going into next season. Um, we have more questions here, and we'll talk about the lineup and how we can do some things to, to fix the lineup and, and maybe get the Ducks going in the right direction next season. But it's a big problem. I mean, what are you going to do? You have him there, and he he's running the show. And uh, from what I'm hearing, he's not letting – uh, you know, Aikens do necessarily all the starting lineup uh, things that he wants to do. Obviously, Aikens makes the calls during the games, but uh, Murray's still running the show, basically. And that's where we're at. So um, until that changes, I don't know. It's going to be tough sledding for the Ducks. We'll talk about the lineup here in a minute. But uh, 
it's going to be interesting. And, and, and part of this too is if this wasn't an issue, we wouldn't be getting all these fan questions. I can tell you right now, we got almost 10 fan questions on this alone for this show. People aren't dumb. You guys are all smart. You've watched this team. You know what's going on. You know that there's stuff going on. We know that there's stuff going on. So I, I don't know. If I, we'll talk about the lineup. I think there's things that we can do, Eddie. But as far as the management situation and trying to fix it and get Murray out, I don't see him being gone unless his contract runs out and then the Samuelis decide to bring someone else in, Eddie. Yep, I agree. And it's unfortunate. And yes, we got all these fan, like, about 10 fan questions. Um, we probably get anywhere from seven to ten fan questions every show about this. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure, Mike, you get personal DMs as well as I do about this. We get people tagging the page Ducks and Pucks about this. We, the people I follow, I scroll down Twitter, I see your your issues with this, and I agree with you. I and and like Mike said, it, I, I agree. These fans, uh, Ducks fans, aren't stupid. They're really keen to see what's going on. They see the bigger picture. It's not just emotion when the Ducks lose, they want to blame someone. No, there's a lot of them that can sit there and, and kind of break it down, kind of analytical, and and kind of see what's going on. And it seems like all the roads and all the biggest issues that's going on with the Ducks organization leads to Murray. And it just, it's, I'm not trying to like bash the owners or bash anything. It's just, it's not working out. It's not working, and something has has to change. This is a product on the ice. This is a business, and that business has to thrive for for anything to be successful. Uh, you guys working your jobs, uh, my job. If if I go to work and I'm not performing, or if I'm calling off, or it's not working out in my business, and I'm causing my my companies and and their owners to lose money, I'm going to be fired. And I'm not going to have a job. They're going to bring in someone that can capitalize and make the most profit for them. Uh, Murray is just content with being mediocre. Uh, he's he's just content with just throwing out big fancy words or, or, or feel good words that are going to make everyone feel better. I think Ducks fans had enough of it, and they're not stupid anymore, and they're not going to fall for his his kind of I, I want to say uh, I guess not political, but I guess his his politician kind of words. It tell you everything you want to hear, and it just doesn't doesn't really translate with actions. And you know what? I think it's like I said it before. I'll say it now. I'll say it then. I'll say it for the next shows we're gonna do. I'll go and say it to myself. I'll t- tweet it later or whatever. Murray needs to go. It's done with him with the Ducks. We have to get rid of him. We have to be a better team. It's not fair for the fans. It's not fair for the players. It's not fair. It's just there's so many things that are gonna be happening for the Ducks. They're having that the, the brand new block thing they're gonna do. We have some exciting prospects. We're gonna get a top draft pick this season. We have to start trending in the right direction. We have to get back to winning. That is a standard that we have in Anaheim that we had before. We have to get to that standard again. I don't know why uh, it's just Marie doesn't realize that or someone else that is higher, the owners or anyone doesn't see that, that he is the biggest issue. But I don't know. Maybe he likes to be just in that control position. Uh, there's going to be another election for the governor of California. If he wants to ruin something else, he can probably run for governor in California. I don't know, and I don't care. I just I'm getting frustrated having to to deal with Murray, and, and I'm not frustrated with your guys' questions at all. I, I appreciate. It. I love these questions. Keep firing them. And you know what? Next podcast, 
send 10 more questions of the same thing because we want to talk about this because you guys are, are obviously feeling this too but it's just you know i'm sorry to rant i just i'm frustrated it's time to go i want to see this team be better and i think next season it's not going to be as good as it could be if we have murray still running this team because he it's just it's not working out we need someone better we need someone different we need someone that's going to get things done and get ducks to winning again and get the culture at anaheim that happy in a happy work environment because a happy happy players will equal happy and more relaxed team and, and do something better on the ice all i'm gonna say is amen dude my bad i got too fired up <laughs> I, but it just i'm so frustrated no no not at all I, I i think you hit the nail on the head i i mean from everything that we've seen from like you said people messaging us these questions we get on the show all the time. That's where we're at. I even had uh, one guy. It was funny. I was I was laughing. I was talking to a, a loyal listener, and he was like, uh, "You know, do you think that you've like kind of pissed off the Ducks with some of the stuff that you've said on the show this year?" And I, I'm like, "You know what, man? I, I've pissed them off a long time ago. That that ship has sailed." I told him, "I go, you know what? They've listened to my show. They think that this show is too fan based." Well, you know what? I do the show for you, the fans that listen out there. I don't make money off all this stuff. I don't. I have another job. I'm serious. I do this for fun. I do it for the fact that uh, the interaction with people. Uh, I've made a lot of good friendships. Eddie's been one. Uh, a lot of other good friends that I've just made throughout these years. And I have fun doing this. And I want to be real. I'd rather be real on this show than be fake. I'm not going to sit here and uh, be a cheerleader and tell you you know that this this team everything is raw raw fantastic and blow you know raincor uh what rainbows and unicorns up here you know what because that's not what we do on this show so I don't really care what what they think of me uh, over there as far as you know people that look at the show uh, admin type people now, I'm not talking about you know the players and stuff like that i have good relationship with a lot of the players and different people that work for the team but there's certain people there that we talk about this stuff and and they get upset well that's fine i know you work for the team you you can't talk about these things i get it well guess what i can and i'm not going to hold back so and neither are you eddie i think you don't hold back shit i i think you go off more than i no, do. i hold back a lot but, i hold back uh, I, I hold back a lot it, it just it's like like some of you that that been in the military, you know exactly what I'm talking about and how we talk in the military. So I have to I have to hold back. I hold back probably want to say seventy percent of the time. But when it comes to things like this and like when I things go in my head, I just don't have a filter. I guess I hold back on how I say certain things now. But if it's, if it's bothering me, I know it's bothering you. And then when I see the, the these questions and our, our our DMs you guys send me or, or tagging me on the page or you tag. Ducks and Pucks page and send the Ducks and Pucks DM. It's just I get your frustration and it's it's really not fair. It's just it's not fair because like no matter what, yeah, they're professional players, the professional hockey team, but it's still a product on an ice and a business. And the product that they're giving is for the fans because without the fans, their team is is nothing. So it's just it's 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 not right. And it's it sucks that we have to deal with this and deal with with Murray and I mean obviously there's issues going on. That that you know the players aren't going to go out and call him out because they have a, a lot more class than that, and and they really can't because it's part of the, of working for an organization and playing for a team. You can't really say things like that about management, but it's it's frustrating. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are frustrated with it too. 
Uh, and that's why we get, we, I think every show we've had this season, we get these questions. So going with that, going forward, uh, like I said, I, you know, Aikens and Murray aren't going anywhere. So what do we have to do? How do we fix this problem, right? We can't look at that and sit there and dwell on that. Okay, so the way we look at it, and it's a good question, is uh, Brandon T. Kerman on Instagram asks, how do we approach having a more balanced and consistent everyday lineup next season? That right there is part of the problem with this team. And I, I think this whole last year, an issue has been changing the lineup, moving players around, trying to figure out who you're going to you know, put in there and whatnot. And more so on the offense, I think, has been a huge issue. So a good thing that has come out of the end of the season is Comtois, Zegris, and Terry. Those three have really gelled in these last final games. I thought that they played fantastic. Comtois leading the team with goals. Zegris is, is getting his assists. He's gotten some goals too. I, I think the Ducks have to build off of that. They have to know that this is one of your top lines, either the number one or number two line. Then you have to build off of that. You have to figure out, okay, what are our other lines? Are we going to go with a, a Jones, Steele, Silverberg? You know, a Heinen, Lundstrom, Raquel? What are we going to do? We had Milano was out for most of the season. He'll be back. What about Volkov, Henrique? Uh, you got to figure out how these other pieces of the puzzle fit in there for these other uh, lines. And then, of course, the, the fourth line, uh, you know, is probably going to be, uh, you know, Grant and Delorier uh, and then whoever else is going to fit in there. But I, I think that's a huge problem, Eddie. We talked about this chemistry on this team was a huge issue. And I think if you can get that one line going and at least get a couple others established, if you can get your top nine forwards established, um, you're not going to be a Stanley Cup winning team, but at least it's going to get them going in the right direction. Yeah, and, and like I said, all I ask for is the Ducks to improve. I'm not looking for this team to all of a sudden be a Stanley Cup contender next season. No, I just want them to build off and improve from the season before. It seemed like they took a little bit of a step back last season. It, it, was, it was a rough season to watch. They, I think it was like probably one of the worst seasons for me to ever watch with everything going on. Uh, another question too that I wanted to talk about was cigars and games on Instagram was talking about how is the regular season going to switch when it's not a COVID uh, schedule and they actually go back to a normal like, hockey. I think it'll be better. I think especially with uh, you have this new first line. Hopefully it, it goes next season to Comtois, Zegers, and Terry. They haven't really been able to hang out off the rink, go out to a bar, or I don't know if half of them are old enough to drink, but at least do something non-hockey-related together out out somewhere. I don't know, hell, go freaking walk, go to Disneyland together. Have Just have that chemistry off the ice because it will translate even more on the ice. Obviously, uh, they like playing together. Comtois' interview, his exit interview the other day, he, he mentioned that too. It's fun to play with them, uh, fun to play with Zegras. He was looking forward to that, and him just building off that just even better for him. I think he's going to have a good season next season. He put in a lot of work in the offseason, going out and playing over there at the beach, playing playing in roller hockey. He just always wanted to get some more hockey in it and fine-tune his skills. I think it's definitely something to build off of. Like That line is something special. You saw it forming. You saw that chemistry building. You saw something... That, that, that's going to evolve with those three and hopefully it, it translates in a lot more offensive production especially on the power play but i think next season is going to be a little bit better when these players can actually go out and and hang out and have some kind of chemistry in life 
other than just being stuck in a hotel, especially on the road. Like you're on the road, uh, you're just being stuck at your hotel and you're afraid to probably actually go and sneak someone in your room after Washington getting caught doing that. But it's just, it's just, you keep these players together and see what happens next season. Yeah, it, it, don't expect them to all score 50 goals each and propel the Ducks to a President's Trophy. But no, we can actually start building something for the future and we could just build off them and, and hopefully become a playoff contending team in the next few seasons. No, I agree with you. Definitely, you know, getting back to normalcy and having, you know, those relationships built when you're able to do all those things like you talked about. I think that's a huge part. And, you know, consistency on offense. The other part that the Ducks have to figure out, and we're going to have a whole separate show on this, is the expansion draft uh, and and the draft lottery and all these other free agency. We're going to talk about all this stuff. But for the expansion, they got to figure out what they're going to do. So you, you figure out the forward situation, who you want in there, whatnot. We talked about it. You have the options of seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. Or you can protect eight players, forwards, defensemen, however many you want in a goalie. Well, what the Ducks need to do is they have to figure out what's the defensive core going to be. Because at the beginning of the season, the Ducks' defensive core was fine. The Ducks were one of the best teams uh, limiting other, other opponents to goals. They had a great uh, penalty kill. And then, you know, as, a, as the season progressed, it got worse and worse and worse. Uh, you know, it wasn't as good as it was in the beginning, unfortunately. But that's what they got to figure out. You know Drysdale is going to be one of your four top four guys. Okay? You don't have to worry about him in this expansion draft. But then after that, you got to figure out, okay, so what are you going to do? Are you most likely going to protect uh, Fowler, Lindholm, and Manson? Okay. Then what about Shattenkirk and Flurry? What, what are you going to do? I mean, how are you going to build off of this? I, I mean, to me, with the way things are going, it sounds like the Ducks might try to go with the 8-1 route and keep Flurry, Lindholm, Manson, and, and uh, uh, Fowler and, and have those guys as your other four. And then you have Drysdale. That, that's pretty good, five guys. And then Shattenkirk, well, he's kind of out in the cold either way, I, I think. I didn't think he played as well as we thought he would this last year. I thought he, he made too many turnovers and got too many penalties. But... That's what the Ducks have to do on the defensive side. They have to figure out with this expansion draft who are going to be the core guys on the defense. Who do we want to bring back? I think that's the other part of this uh, formula. We know Gibson's going to be a net. You don't even need to talk about that. So you got to figure out who the lines are going to be on offense, but also who are going to be the guys that we want to protect and are going to be the core moving forward defensively, Eddie. Yeah, and that's going to be a really, really hard one to do. Obviously, it seems like someone has to be traded. A shakeup has to be made on that blue line, but it's just who. I, I, I'm looking at this list. I know people want to throw out Fowler. He's been popular as a trade rumor. Uh, Manson, too, has been popular. But I just... I, I don't want to see any of these players gone. I think they, they can bring value to the team. Uh, maybe Shattenkirk, but with his contract and how he's played, I don't think we'll have any suitors. And we'll really get that significant return for him. But like, Fleury, we, we, like, we don't know what he what we have in him right now. But just I think it's safe to say uh, I mean, Drysdale and, and Lindholm Fowler maybe are going to stay for sure. I would hate to see a player like Manson gone. He's the kind of player I love to see, the style of player I like, and I think it's someone that's needed. But just taking away emotional attachment and being the fan, I think he'd be the most logical person to go. He'd fetch a really good return. 
Uh, he's he, he's it just ah, oh, it's gonna be really hard to actually see him if that's uh, if that's the, the route they're willing to go. Go. I, he's been dealing with injuries. I, I think he's still poised to have that 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 play of a season that we know he can he can be and he can help. It just uh, it, uh, the defense is gonna be difficult. Like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really. Uh, that's gonna be a hard decision to make, and uh, what happens with the, our defensive core? Uh, it just—it's crazy. I think the only one I, I wouldn't be that upset seeing go is Shattenkirk, but but even then, he just his first season after winning the cup, you saw flashes of brightness and how he can help the team. Who knows? Like, do you trade him or let him get taken, or or he goes to another team and all of a sudden he just has a breakout season and, and he starts delivering those product that that we need it on the Ducks? It's just. That's going to be a difficult decision. This is the one where it's like, okay, I got to really no, I can't even sit down and sit there and, and really put together something because it's, it's it's going to be hard regardless to see any of these guys either get exposed or get traded. Yeah, and that, and we're going to tackle that in a whole separate show. So stay tuned for that. We'll have that as one of our off season content because we're going to do a deep dive into that. And who they're going to sign and whatnot. We'll talk about free agency and all that. So we're going to save that for another show. But a lot to look, you know, uh, into, uh, even though the season is done. Uh, as we get towards wrapping up the show here, before we dive into the league news, because there's some stuff in there that I'm super fired up about. I'm really upset about the league. They may try to come after me again after this next segment. But um, I do want to take a moment. And uh, dedicate this show. If you don't know uh, David Santa Maria, he passed away uh, recently. Um, his whole family had COVID. His son and daughter were fine. His wife was fine. He had some other health issues and COVID ended up taking his life. So if you didn't know, um, I'm just putting it out there now. He, he was no longer on Twitter anymore. Um, he still kind of has his Facebook page up. Um, I just kind of wanted to mention that he was a big fan of the Ducks. He uh, was an Air Force veteran. I think that's why he and I got along well. I think that's why he got along with Eddie pretty well. Uh, also, um, he came to the watch parties. We used to always talk about the players and what we thought. We'd evaluate the talent, and you know, as far as bringing this guy back or trading that guy. He and I used to go to Anaheim Ice and sit out there and wait for the players to come out and get autographs or photos and whatnot. Um, just a, an all-around good guy. And I just found out about what had happened. I guess it happened a, a few weeks or so back. So, ah, uh, it's just it's just tough. It's tough. A lot of stuff's going on. And um, I just want to dedicate it to him. He'd always been a loyal supporter of the show and Eddie and I. So uh, my heart goes out to the rest of their family, Eddie. Yeah, uh, well said, Mike. Uh, he was a really great man, really great, great family man. He was my brother in, in the military. He was the Air Force, he was the Army. We had that, that personal connection, that bond from that. He loved his kids. He loved his son. He always supported his son playing hockey. He loved his family. He was a really great guy. It's just hard to see people like that go. And I've said it numerous times. I don't handle death well at all. And I'll be the first to admit it. I think I'm a pretty tough guy. And I've dealt with a lot of adversity in my life. And and what I've accomplished in my personal life to where I am now, I think it's pretty significant. 
but it's just when it comes to death, I, I, I don't care who it is. Like When I know you're a good person, I would trade my life for theirs. I've said it numerous times, and I'll keep saying it. It's just uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm grateful I got the opportunity to hang out with them, to share drinks, to share food, watch some Ducks games live and on, on the the our watch parties it's just it was an honor knowing him and someone like that and i i'll see you in our next life man signed so a guarantee that we'll, that will be part of each other's life so rest in peace and and well said mike yeah absolutely if you didn't know him uh like we said family man uh definitely be keeping in touch with his kids and whatnot and everything going forward so uh, it's been rough, you know, like I said, the last uh, couple weeks have had some stuff going on. I posted some stuff on social media so you guys know what I'm talking about. So live every day to the fullest uh, is what I can say, you know, and and um, I know it's a rough time for everybody. So try to find the good if you can and everything in life. So uh, with that, let's let's wrap up the show. We still have more stuff to talk about. Uh, crazy stuff going on in the NHL. Talking about adversity, you brought up uh, Eddie. Um, let's let's talk about Buffalo Sabers, man. Uh, Jack Eichel, he is not happy. Uh, wh- what do you think? Uh, you know, you think he's going to move, get moved, or what's the word out of uh, Buffalo? I don't know. It seems like every every off season when Buffalo's in the uh, shit position that they're in, he just has to bitch about something. Uh, it just, dude, come on. Like you're the superstar player, you're a phenomenal player. Hands down, you're 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 great. But it's just every season you're crying about something, complaining. It just I think it's a it's a it's a privilege to play in the NHL, and, and you're blessed with amazing abilities and amazing uh, just like the way that you can be a professional athlete. But when you're bitching and crying, even though after your first season, how you were complaining about if someone certain coach was here, you didn't want to play. It's just it's becoming a, a negative pattern with you. And yeah, I get it. Buffalo is a probably, it seems like a hard place to play in. It, it's, it, they're, they're bad. They're bad right now, but it's, they're a team that, that, that drafted you. If you don't want to be there, just speak to internally about that situation and let the, the people in charge know if you really want out of there. Just stop throwing out to the media how upset you are, how things are handled and blah, blah, blah. Just, just play your game and be the, and be that leader that that you can be. I don't know if there's more to it, or I don't know what's going on, but it just seems like it's just a pattern with this player. Now, should the Ducks be interested in a player like this? Absolutely. I think every team, including Seattle, should be interested in a player like this because he's a phenomenal player. He has a lot of uh, of special talent. He's a superstar. He's a superstar that the Ducks haven't had. In a very long time, a lot of teams haven't had in a long time, and I think he can really, he can accelerate and propel a team. But if he's gonna sit there and cry every, you know, after every offseason when it doesn't go his way, then it's just it gets annoying. It, it just I, I expect these players to, for hockey players to have that sort of professionalism to be a little bit better than all the other sports, uh, professional sports um, that are out there. It just seems like it's it's a, it's one of those negative patterns. I don't know. Maybe this season is different. Maybe they did something to really piss him off. But, I mean, fool me one shame on you kind of thing. It's the third season in a row where he's saying something. His name's coming up. And and this is like he's back in the rumor mill again. Um, if it's not working out, Buffalo should try to trade him. But if they did, it's going to command a huge, huge return. 
if Ducks fans, I know you guys are, are probably interested in him. Uh, I, I mean, despite him crying and complaining on how he does, I'm interested in him because he's a superstar player and he's a phenomenal player. But just if you want this trade to happen, be saying goodbye to Zegris or Drysdale, or maybe even both if if they want a big overpayment. Because you can't have you can't keep Z- uh, Zegris and Drysdale and get a player like Eichel. There, there's no way. And you can kiss maybe this first round pick overall, or maybe next round pick overall for sure it's going to be gone it's going to be a huge return now the question is if are the ducks going to go for it probably not who, who we have our, our gm over there but then again is it really worth it to what we're, we're doing right now because the ducks still don't really have that that the 100 identity and where they're going to go we're barely figuring out certain things right now with zegris and drysdale and comtois but is that enough to to go and gamble for a player like this to be invested in that that ten million dollars a season uh, for his for the for pretty much a, that that's pretty much a another decade long commitment for him and is that really going to risk giving up a player like Zegers or Drysdale because we still don't know one hundred and ten percent what they're going to be one of these players can be the top five player in the whole world we don't know that it's just it, it's a gamble that they're going to have to make and. I personally, as much as I, I would love a player like his caliber to be on the Ducks, I, I, I don't think it's the right move necessarily right now to make. Yeah, I think the issue is, is if the Ducks do go for it, like you said, I mean, you're going to have to start this conversation with Zegers or Drysdale to get this kind of going in any direction. And, and I just think that's a tough sell. I mean, we've seen what these two guys have done so far this season. And don't get me wrong, uh, Eichel's a great player too, but I mean, are you going to push that? Are you going to give one of those guys up? You're going to have to probably give up another prospect player, another roster player. I mean, there's a lot you're going to probably have to give. If he leaves Buffalo, which kind of sounds like there's talks of that because he talked about you know, getting ready to play hockey next year, and then he said, quote, wherever that that might be. So... I mean that that may be you know being flown around right now uh, in the summertime and whatnot, but that's a huge price uh, price to pay if the Ducks are going to go after him. You know, you're going to give up one of those two guys that we're really big on right now. Have done pretty well, obviously, in this first shortened season that they've been up, and then give up more on top of that because I mean it's going to ask a lot. So, and then he and don't forget, like you said, he kind of seems to be kind of complaining about things at the end of each year. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily the direction that the Ducks want to go in. So um, I, I think something will happen with him. Uh, if he doesn't get moved soon, I think it will be in the near future. Uh, I don't see him coming to Anaheim. Um, so we'll just have to watch that situation and see how it unfolds. And we've had a couple other situations happen, Eddie. We had, uh, you know, people were talking about Aikens and Murray and all this stuff going on. We had a couple coaches here that uh, the team's parted ways with. Yeah, I think it's really weird about Rick Tockett uh, and the Coyotes agreed to part ways. I thought he was doing a pretty decent job over there in Arizona. Maybe it's one of those things that the players didn't get along or he had some kind of disagreement with management. We don't know. I'm pretty sure it'll come out, but I think it's kind of a blow for the Coyotes. They're kind of a team on that verge of... uh, you see them and the flashes of greatness they do have, but then they always just fumble toward the end. 
Uh, there's a lot of good coaches out there uh, coming, coming. So it's we have to wait and see. Um, now that the whole Tortorella thing and Blue Jackets, uh, I, I didn't. You know, it was it was one of those things you saw happening. So them, uh, them kind of agreeing to part ways is something that people expected. Torts is a really, I guess, a difficult coach to play for, but I kind of like that style of coaching. I like that hard nose, not afraid to bench who you are. If you're a superstar player, a first year player, if you're a, a full on season vet, he he wants he wants perfection. I think he wants that over perfection of people. Maybe it's unfair for him to request that, but I like that. It brings out the the best in him. And players I've heard talk about him will say that, like, yeah, he's a hard coach. It's hard to play for him, but for some reason. He, he tends to bring the best out of you so it, it's gonna be kind of kind of uh, interesting to see these two names thrown out there especially with the Kraken still searching for their coach uh, we have a uh, gallant Boudreaux Claude Julian out there too so they have they have a lot to choose from but I don't expect these two players are these two coaches to be without jobs anytime soon I think that any teams will We'll pick them up. And as far as, as Ducks aspects, this is a Ducks and Pucks podcast. As much as I like Tortorella, I think his hard-nosed style would probably rub the wrong way against our younger players. It's a different generation. You have to approach them a different way. I think Rick Tockett would benefit more from the roster and the players that we do have than Tortorella. It would be really cool to see Tortorella and what he can do and help elevate the Ducks. But I, I just don't think it would it'd work out for the Ducks, even though he's he's probably one of my favorite coaches in the league. Yeah, I think uh, Torts and uh, Murray would go at it. We'd have to put him like in a ring and let him box it out. So I don't think the personality's there. Yeah, well, that's why I was joking too. Like, why don't you bring Patrick Wall as a GM and Tortorella as the head coach? Because I guarantee there'll be blows thrown because both of them are hard-headed. And then I was joking too about Elon Musk as the owner, just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah, have Tesla as the sponsor for the Ducks. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm with you, though. I think both of them will end up in another spot. And then, uh, you know, we did talk about the comeback on Catella because we like to talk about that. Uh, that just happened. But the Edmonton Oilers, man, uh, Connor McDavid is just destroying stuff. 100 points in 53 games, Eddie. Yeah, that kid is phenomenal. He's something special. And no matter like how much you hate the Oilers, uh, regardless of who, what fan, you, which team you follow, it's just you have to respect that. He's just a, a great player. 100 points in 53 games. That that's just that's just crazy. It just it sucks that Edmonton's not going to win a cup anytime soon. They're going to still be in that mediocre kind of way and probably going to bounce out the first round. But it, it's good to see. Him thriving like that. Now, you know what? If you want to throw rumors around and have a player like him come in Anaheim, okay, then I wouldn't mind giving up a player like Zegris or Drysdale for that, even the first. Like, easy. I might even want to give up two players for him, but congratulations to him. You have to respect that as a hockey fan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been playing out of his mind uh, for Edmonton. So, all right. Now to the big part that happened this last uh, week or so. We had the uh, New York Rangers, Washington Capitals, Battle Royale, WWE, SmackDown. Uh, and this is where I was not happy with the league, with the way things went down. Um, you you had these guys battling it out. You had uh, basically the Rangers trying to score. And uh, you had Wilson getting involved in, in the play there. Then him getting pulled off a player. 
basically, he ends up body slamming Panarin on the ice. Like I said, WWE style. He gets fined by the you know the favorite uh, language you, you like, uh, the maximum allowable under the uh, CBA, right? Five grand. And then basically all chaos ensues after that. You have the Rangers calling out George Peros in a statement. They end up getting fined a quarter of a million dollars. You have these two teams playing again. They go at it like line brawl style, going nuts, which, I mean, Eddie and I love the fights, right? So they, they, they went crazy in that game uh, afterwards. But what a just a cluster F, Eddie. I mean, the, the player safety, they ended up not suspending Wilson. And then, of course, you know that there was going to be some, you know, shenanigans and things going on in the game. After that, that unfolded too. Wilson got knocked out of that game. I, I don't even know where to begin or end with this. Just that I was just disappointed in the league that they didn't take any action against a repeat offender. And and then as a result, all, I mean, I love the chaos. Don't get me wrong in that game afterwards. But I mean, really, you don't go after him i mean with what he did and don't forget he knocked panarin out uh for the rest of the season too eddie yeah that was kind of like i feel bad going against what happened and 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 not siding with tom wilson because i like that kind of style of play i like the hard nose i like the kind of old school i think a line was crossed I think it was a bitch move for Wilson, and it looked like he grabbed uh, Panarin's uh, by his hair and slammed him on the ice. But even to slam someone on the ice, that's still just like you have that big of an issue with someone. Drop your gloves and just just start throwing start throwing blows. You're gonna slam someone to the ice. I think that's that's uh, that's an intentional way to injure someone. And I think when you do that, you have that intent to injure. And I think there should have been something, some kind of. <laughs> some kind of uh, supplemental discipline and if you say oh he was fined five grand for these guys that's not anything that's like you getting a parking ticket even though parking tickets are really bad they're more annoying than a regular ticket it's just uh, he's had a history of, of questionable calls like that and I, it's just it's a bad look and I love and don't get me wrong I love the hard physical style of hockey. I love the old school style of hockey, but you intentionally slamming someone's head on the ice, you know what you're doing. I, you, you can say the heat of the moment all you want, maybe, but it's like you're already punching someone on the ground already. With, what their head, you're punching their head on the ice with, you know, with your gloves on, and then you go and slam him down by pulling his hair. Obviously, you know what you were doing. Yeah, you could send a text to him later that night making sure he's okay, but obviously... You screwed up big time, and it wasn't one of those heat of the moment kind of things because it's been numerous times you've done similar things like this. Um, of course, the the dips at over there, the player safety, George Peros. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm calling him out directly because he's been a piece of shit. I'm sorry, that suspension on Cogliano still rubs me the wrong way. When you had Kings fans even agreeing that Cog shouldn't have been suspended. You took away someone's, I guess, his legacy, his Iron Man strength, because you wanted to just show that you weren't one of those old, those tough guys before, or you wanted to prove a point, and you, you did it wrong. Uh, obviously, Princeton didn't help you because you're still a dumbass, and you shouldn't be in the position you are. And I'll go ahead and say that. Uh, the only issue I had with this whole situation was that New York Rangers they they issued a, a, a official PR release. Which I agree with what they said 100%, but it shouldn't have been an official PR release because I don't think 
And I know for a fact now, since the GM and the president are gone and they made their comments that the whole entire New York Rangers organization didn't really stand behind them and agree with that. I think it should have been handled differently. Maybe uh, comments of the press, uh, post-game comments, which go a long way. Um, uh, a paper, make a comment to the paper, like I said, the press, but just to make that uh, that official release, I think it was it was wrong. You, of course, the, the fine was going to be warranted because the NHL gets really super sensitive when you call them out on anything and, and everything. But I think it could have been handled differently. I, I, well, I guess I agree with, with everything they, they did except making that official team press release. Unless every one of the team was involved and, and they agreed with that, which obviously it wasn't because the GM and the president both were kind of you – came out and said that they were just kind of going away from that and they didn't really know what was going on until that statement was released. Yeah, I think you and I are in the same boat on this. Uh, I mean, them coming out and putting out something was one thing, but like you said, they made an official statement and then they named George Peros in the statement – and then, of course, like you said, the GM and the president are fired. And then there was a uh, disagreement on who uh, basically felt that the statement should have been put out or the context of the statement. Not everybody was on the same page, basically, uh, with that statement and, and, and what was actually in it. So that caused some problems. Then the league throws on the quarter of a million dollar fine on them. Uh, so I'm like, oh, okay. So you had that going on. That was blowing up everything. The other game fighting it out and all this stuff. And then, yeah, of course, if you're a Ducks fan, I saw all the people talking about Cogdano. How? I mean, that's when we felt that George Perro should have been gone that day. When Cogdano got suspended, I was really upset. We, we had t-shirts ready to go uh, for the Ironman. We were hoping that he would break the streak, and he was obviously still on the Ducks. You know, we, he got traded after the fact, obviously, but we were excited, and so was everybody else. We were like, "Oh, he's going to break the streak. We're going to have these, you know, cool whatever design." We were we were playing around with a whole bunch of different designs at the time, which also the T-shirts got me in trouble because the league tried to come after me at one point. So I, I understand, you know, coming after you know different people from the league. So I, you know, I get it. Um, you know, they may try to do something with us on this show, but you know, we, we talked about Peros before and, and said how we weren't happy so they can bring it because, uh, we actually have a corporation If people don't know, uh, this isn't just a podcast or a website. We actually have a legitimate business. So if they want to sue us, you know, bring it on. They won't get a penny, uh, from us talking about this, but it's just not right. What happened here? Wilson should have been suspended. Period. I don't even care if it was one game. Uh, he should have been suspended for more. But if they would have suspended him for the one game, them playing uh, that next contest against the Rangers, that would have at least uh, you know lessened some of it. I, obviously, they probably still would have been fighting and hard hits and things going on. But they didn't do anything. And so you basically are saying, okay, we're leaving it up to the players to do the ice justice here and go at it. Now, if they wanted to do that for more ratings or whatever, well, they sure got it because, I mean, I tuned into the game and we talked about Yeah, we talked about it. And, and they went nuts in that game. And, and, of course, did I like watching it? Yeah, I did like watching it, but I didn't like the reasoning behind it. I mean, I, I felt that some of this could have been avoided. And then, yeah, you screwed up the Iron Man streak too. And, it, it, you know, it just it's just not good. It's not a good look for the league, sadly. Um, when you're not 
dealing with someone. And this is a guy that's a repeat offender. That's their big word that they talk about is like, oh my gosh, like Rafi Torres, repeat offender. Well, he's a repeat offender. Then why don't you take care of it? Why did you let him do a wrestling move, basically, on the ice? And I heard some people defending him like, well, he didn't take off his gloves. I'm like, really? Shut up. You know, he didn't take off his gloves. Get get out. Get out. Uh, it doesn't matter. He grabbed this guy by the hair, body slammed him, and punched him on the ice while he's defenseless. Uh, that's just uncalled for. Like you said, he could have grabbed him right then, dropped his gloves. They could have done their punches and all that stuff. And it would have been done. We wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Instead, he decides to do what he did. And he doesn't get a punishment. It just it just sends a bad message. And then it leads to the Rangers making that comment, that post, whoever put that out, whatever, their statement, they get fined. And then it, just, it was just all drama. I, I felt like this was like the NHL soap opera for daytime uh, watching. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just wasn't happy with the way that this unfolded. I think it could have been handled a lot uh, you know, cleaner. And instead, it, it made for all this bad blood and all the stuff that happened. And, I mean, yeah, they, they got more ratings out of it. But uh, it's just crazy, Eddie. And you know what was, what's sad about this, too, is we talk about you know Dave earlier and him passing away. Uh, we'll look at Oshi. He lost his dad. And what was lost in that second game is the fact that he got a hat trick to honor his dad. And that was overshadowed by all this craziness. And, and that's just not, that's not right. I, I'm just not happy with that. I, it's just unfortunate. Uh, you know, we talk about emotion. There's a lot of anger in this stuff. I'm angry at the league the way it happened. But then you have Oshi who's able to honor his dad and, and do what he did, who's a, who's a tremendous player. Um, it, it, it's just a mess. That's all I can really say about this whole thing. Just frustrating. Um, I, I'm glad TJ was able to get that hat trick for his dad that passed away. But man, dude, there, there's just so much going on with this. And and it could have just been dealt with in a better fashion, Eddie. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned TJ Oshie too, because I, I totally blanked out and forgot about that. Like, like you said, it, it, all the situation overshadowed that moment that should have been highlighted more than than what the other things we're talking about, and that that's more important. My whole issue with Peros is I'm not just saying like oh because he 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 went against a Ducks fan or Ducks and he went Cogliano and the streak. No. It's just the thing. It was he. It seems like he made an example out of Cogliano to prove a point, saying, "Hey, well, you know, he, he doesn't care about a streak. He doesn't care about his former team. It just, I guess, Cogs was kind of that, that scapegoat for him to to kind of I just flex on him. I guess, like, hey, well, I'm in this position. I, I'm newly appointed in this position. I, I, I'm going to lay down the law. But then you come in, you let Wilson just get a fine. Like, this just makes no sense. Like, it seems like you just don't know what you're doing in, in that situation." It's kind of sad and it's really unfortunate that you screwed up two big significant times. Like that first one, like I said, you have Kings fans saying a Ducks player shouldn't have been suspended. That that's that's number one right there. Um, and like, like you said before, like fans, Ducks fans, or hockey fans aren't stupid. There's a lot of players, people that that know that know the game well, all because they never played it or they're not professionals doesn't mean they don't know the game. There's a lot of fans that know. It, uh, how, how the game is supposed to be played. You could take Kadri, uh, for example. His dad never played professional hockey, but he, he uh, Kadri mentioned on a podcast that he is one of the most knowledgeable people about the game. It's, it's, it just goes to show you right there. And look at his son. His son is a, a top player in the league. And, uh, he's doing well over there in Colorado now. 
it's just it's just bad for for NHL, and there was a bad look for it. And you have um, it seems like you have like when something bad happens in NHL, you have it highlighted by other outlets that usually don't cover the NHL; they only cover the bad stuff. And that was kind of bad. It's like it's a bad look for it, and something kind of needs to change next season. Um, I know the league is trying to sway away from the hard hit physicality and the fighting, but it's just his player safety has been a joke. It's not really helping the league at all. It's just kind of, I think it's hindering it and hurting it more. You're, you're losing fan bases. And now you're losing the, even some of the people that were, were into fighting, into the hard hits when you have situations like this happen. Like, you know, yeah, you have those few people that are defending him, mostly the Capitals fans or whatnot. But I, I like to see myself as a big supporter of the old school, physical, and, and rough style of hockey. I kind of borderline flirting with it being overboard and i'm over here saying that that was an issue and what i saw wasn't right and another issue i had too that i'll bring up and it's just recalling people out is the new york rangers players because you just got your your best players slammed on the ice and hurt and no one beat the shit out of tom wilson i don't care if the ref was there or not it'd be worth it to go after that and get your players back and yeah they did the next game all that but it should have been handled right then and there and it'd been it would you know it would have been over with instead of just having it translate and, and linger over and that next game everything would have been fine and done and then you could have had the, the highlight of the game being Oshie's hat trick for his father but it wasn't it's just uh, the rangers players failed to act on it and that's what kind of like rubbed me the wrong way like i've been in situations where I've played and I, I've seen a, a, a teammate get like really hurt, significantly hurt. Uh, one example was in Colorado. Dude was cross-checking in the back of the neck and he was like, my, my, my teammate was out for a little bit. He didn't really get up. I beat the crap out of that guy and then another guy came and the ref tried to hold me back and I knocked the ref over and beat the crap out of that guy too. It's just I had my teammates back. That's kind of the player I was and am and the kind of person I am. If you're going to you know, intentionally and physically hurt someone to the point where they can't even get up from the ice. I don't care who's in front of me. I, I, I'm dropping him. I'm going. And I'm not the biggest guy in the world, trust me. Especially now. I just I lost 40 pounds, so I'm even smaller. But I, I think the Rangers should have handled that, that situation right there. And, and I guess the refs, too. I'm sorry, I'm rambling on. But I think the refs, too, should have let the situation be handled right there. That ice just is that first game, and that would have been it. But it's just... A big old cluster, and I'll say it, it's a clusterfuck, Mike. You got the right word. And I haven't used the F-bomb this show, so I can use it, but it, it was a big cluster F now. Yeah, I, exactly. And, and you touched on a good point, too. They could have, uh, the Ranger players could have ended it right there in that game. They could have done some stuff, too, and, and they didn't. So, I mean, the whole situation was just a big problem. And, you know, you have these guys out there that do this kind of stuff, and you know, people that don't watch the sport don't understand fighting. And they think, oh, you go to a game and, you know, like, oh, yeah, you just kick each other's ass. No, that's not what it is. Like, something has to happen for a fight to occur. If you're trying to score a goal, the goalie stops it, and then you start whacking at that goalie or pushing him in, guess what? That's what's going to happen. That's why I don't have a problem with the initial stuff that happened. It totally makes sense. You have someone do a late hit. Uh, you have someone run at a star player, stuff like that. That's why, like, back in the day, we had Todd Ewan, Stu Grimson, uh, even on the Kings, Marty McSorley, players like that that would go do things and do what they had to do. Granted, you know, they, they uh, had done things and taken liberties, too. There's that part of it as well. But you had that understanding that, okay, you know, you don't do certain things or else, you know, you're going to have to pay for it. 
And I and I agree with you. I think that was part of the problem in the first game. And then the league not doing what they did led to the chaos in the second game. And I, I mean, I was just cracking up. There's so many people in the penalty box. There was, I think, more players there than on the bench at one point. It was just crazy. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I like it. When, when two teams don't like each other, like the Ducks and the Kings, and they go at it, Edmonton, uh, Calgary, they go at it, like, just because they hate each other, hey, I love it. But this was something that got blown out of uh, proportion. It could have been dealt with a lot sooner. So, uh, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just, I don't know. Wilson's going to have a big target on his back going forward. So, um, that was the craziness that happened for those couple games. I mean, you got entertainment, right? You know, you know the, the gladiator. Are you not entertained? Right, yeah, there you go. So the other thing that came up that really upset me, and if you didn't listen to the last show, we had Ken on from Sinbin Vegas talked about uh, Robin Lanier and his situation. Well, now the league has come out and said, hey, for the playoffs – if a traveling team is 85% vaccinated, then they're going to lessen the restrictions. And this isn't a discussion about vaccines. or I don't really care. You can, you're all intelligent people. You can decide what you want to do. This discussion is about what Lanier said. He went off on like a 10, 11 minute rant. We talked about on the last show that the mental health, all the other things going on in the world, he was told... He wouldn't say who, but he was told that the restrictions would get lessened. And then he got filleted and everybody was like, oh yeah, whatever. Nobody said anything, came out and did anything. Now all of a sudden TSN reports, oh yeah, they are going to do this. And lo and behold, the magic number is 85%, which is what Lanier said was 85%. So this is another example of the league screwing up. Yeah, NHL, you screwed up. You listening to me? I hope so, because you did. This guy came out and said that. He had a mental issue and breakdown with it. He even had a really good tweet with a thread about mental health where he said, listen, we don't all have to agree about mental health, but it's an issue. We need to have an open discussion. He decided to do that, you know, impromptu on that uh, press conference uh, thing there, whatever you feel about it, whether it was planned, not planned, whatever. He did that. The league stayed quiet. They didn't say a damn thing about what he said. And it's bullshit. I'm so pissed off at the league about this because he got so much scrutiny over that. And then the league did exactly what he was talking about, but they remained silent. And I'm not saying the league could have came out and said, hey, yeah, what he's saying is true, what, you know, yada, yada, yada. They could have come out and said, yes, we are looking into that. They didn't even have the balls to do that. They just stayed quiet. While he got the target of wrath of people like, oh, you're full of crap. Oh, talking about the NBA protocols and that the NHL is going to model it. Oh, yeah, whatever. And people went after him. And that's not right. You're not backing up your player. Uh, Okay, if he would have come out and said something that was complete BS, they probably would have fined him, suspended him, done all that. Instead, he came out and said exactly what he was told. Because the league came out and said what it was a week or two later. And they didn't support him. So I, it, it just pisses me off. You know, This is my time to rant, by the way. So that, that's where I'm at on this, Eddie. I, it just makes me mad because Ken and I talked about it on the last show, and you did too, that he wasn't making this up. He had to have heard this from somewhere, and we talked about it. Was it the PA? Was it the, the GM and the team in Vegas? Was it uh, the league? Well, we all know it's from the league now because they came out and said exactly what he said. 
And they sat there and were quiet while he got all kinds of crap on social media about it. And he was right in the end. And that and and you know it's just unfair, Eddie. Um, you know that that's I'm, I'm done. But I, I just it makes me mad because he came out and said what he felt. Mental health is a huge issue. You and I have talked about it on this show all this season, all before the lockdowns and everything. He's coming from a good place. He's venting. Uh, maybe he should have got approval to speak out. If you want to give him shit for that, fine. But. The fact that he said it and that, that the league sat there and didn't do anything till well after the fact. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't get behind that. Yeah, and you know what you have to understand too is when people deal with, with, mental, health, with mental health issues, sometimes it, they just, it just happens randomly. Like you, just, you speak out. Like you, you can't hold it in anymore because the biggest problem with, with mental health too is people holding it in. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And that's when you explode and do something really bad. And either you, you just get go on a binger or you say something like really over extreme. So him just going out and saying what he did, obviously it was affecting him and bothering him a lot where he just had to get it out of the system. And I'm pretty sure it felt good. But then again, it probably felt worse when people were trying to talk crap to him and saying he's lying and the league coming out and trying to discredit him and then it comes out that he was right and there's crickets from the league they're not over there apologizing they're not just it's just it's dumb the whole situation is stupid i can go on forever about it i'm gonna cut my my ranting short because i ranted enough on the show about other topics but this one i know strikes the nerve with some people so i'll just leave it at that um i'm glad he came out and called them out i'm glad he spoke his his peace and his truth and you know what, uh, Robin Leonard, keep doing what you do. Uh, keep 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 playing a, a good athlete, a role model for mental health. And if something's on your mind, just go ahead and freaking say it. Yeah, and then he did. He he posted a good thread on Twitter. If you didn't see it, talking about all of it, and I thought it was awesome. So it's going to be uh, interesting what happens in Vegas too, Eddie, because uh, you have Vegas and the Abs. They're battling it out for first place. We know that the Wild and the Blues are in it. So if you're looking for hockey uh, playoffs, uh, I, I think it's going to come down to the Golden Knights and the Avs. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But what are your thoughts on at least the, the West division and, and how it can play out? Obviously, these teams can shift around. The top three can shift around here in these last final games. But, but what do you think? Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a, a fun one. It's going to be a wild ride. If I know if the Golden Knights get a point. Uh, they're gonna clinch that 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 top spot in the West. Uh, it, it's gonna be. I want to say the Abs are gonna go uh, on a three-game win streak, and the Golden Knights aren't gonna win or even get a point and get that that top spot in the West. But I, I can't see it happening. I, I think the Knights will take the top spot in the West. I think the Knights will take the President's Trophy uh, in this situation. But I still really uh, hold my hopes up and high for the Avalanche winning the Cup. They have a, a great team. It's going to be fun. And I really want to see the, the Knights and the Avs go at it in the playoffs. Uh, I, I even want to see the Wild and the Avs go out go at it at the playoffs because I think the Avs owe the Wild an ass-kicking from the last time they met in the playoffs. It wasn't pretty... Tyson Berry went down when they had him by a cheap shot by Matt Cook. And I know 
There's a lot of bad blood between those two teams from that incident, including the fan base. So that would be a fun one. But regardless, this is seen. It's going to be fun regardless. And the playoffs should be interesting. Uh, For the West, it's going to be really fun. Uh, Another one, too. Since we're jumping, uh, I'll jump and start with the Central, Mike. The Canes, Panthers, Lightning, and Preds are going to be in the playoffs. But the Panthers and Lightning are going to meet for the first time in the playoffs against each other. I think it's going to spark a big rivalry between uh, the Florida fans even more. Uh, it's you, you, You're going to meet in the playoffs. It, it's going to be a hard-fought battle. And, and I'm looking forward to watching that too and watching – and we're not just watching, but hearing the fans' perspective on that and seeing how much they're going to get more hatred for each other. Yeah, I mean, it's like Kings Ducks, right? So now you got Canes and, uh, excuse me, uh, Panthers and Lightning. So, I mean, you're going to have those guys uh, going at it. So that's going to be something to watch. That'll be fun. Uh, it looks like in the East, you got the, the, the Pins and the Caps, Bruins and Islanders. And then in the North, you got the Leafs, Oilers, Jets. And then uh, Montreal, Calgary battling out, most likely Montreal. So you have to watch those as well. Uh, I'm not as excited about those as much, I guess. But um, I'm, I'm going to hang with the West. I, I really want to see what happens. I, uh, I, I'm i more for the Knights. I know you're more for the Abs, obviously. But if one of those two teams pulls it out from the West, I'm happy there. Um, we talked about the Penguins. That's my other team. But but Carter's on that team, even though he's tearing it up on that team. It's killing me. I, 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 I don't want the Pens have won enough cups, so they they don't need to win anymore. <laughs> so you know I'm good with them not doing anything. So uh, that's just kind of my take. The North, obviously, the Canadian teams. Um, I guess I'd probably go with the Jets out of that group, but uh, uh, not as much interest there. I don't know what your take is on on those other divisions, Eddie. Yeah, um, maybe the Islanders, I would say, because of Varlamov, but like the way their fan base treated Tavares for leaving, I think they're just you know, crying a little too much. I, I guess I, I, I can easily say I don't really care who wins the East. I, I, I'll probably go for the Bruins, um, have them go, go and win it. I don't have an issue with the Bruins. I like Pasternak. I think it's a good goalie. Or not goalie, I'm sorry, a uh, good forward. He came back, uh, and he, I, I like him. Um, as far as the North, it, that's a tough one. It's most likely going to be Montreal. and I'll probably go with the underdog and want to see Montreal take it. I wouldn't mind seeing Perry uh, lift the cup. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, other than that, it's just it, it, like I think all eyes are going to be on the West for all of the fan bases. The West and that Panthers and Lightning series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to both those. That, that, those are the two that I'm going to keep my eye on. So. Wow, what a marathon show. This is like the longest show I think we've ever done. Uh, so much to talk about and cover. A lot of emotions. Obviously, Eddie had his rant. I had my rant. Uh, you know, talking about Miller and Bacchus and all kinds of things going on. Um, don't forget, uh, as we wrap this up here, we're going to have our bracket challenge. You can look. Uh, it's going to be at the Ducks and Pucks uh, bracket challenge where we're going to have some giveaways on there. You can go to bracketchallenge.nhl.com slash leagues slash 2041. Don't ask me why, but that's what it is. It's it's slash leagues slash 2041 uh, on there. So check that out. We had our fantasy hockey. Those guys are going to get prizes. We're going to uh, contact them. We had Arctic Bums came in first. Blue Steel in second. Crazy Chat in third. Um, don't forget Patreon to sign up on there. Patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks. We're giving away. I have extra stuff I'm going to give away to those people on there. We did some game tickets like I talked about. 
the TPN store as well. And all our sponsors, we got to thank this season. Bucked Up, Manscaped, uh, OC Animal Care, On the Volley, who's uh, made some great stuff for us, and Mercury Insurance as well as we gave away items too. Also, happy Mother's Day to all of you out there, whether you're a mom or um, you're cel- you know, celebrated with your uh, mom as well this weekend. So a lot of stuff going on, Eddie. Crazy season. We've, we finally got to the end of it. Uh, you know, I appreciate you and, and also everyone else that's done stuff on our website. I mean, Thomas, we had uh, Mario and Aaron also filling in there at the end. I had a lot of personal stuff going on the last week as we talked about. So um, just uh, just really appreciative. It's been a tough time uh, for myself, uh, for I know a lot of you out there too as well. It hasn't been easy. Um, the season's been rough. Ducks got through it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to the off season. We'll have a couple other shows going over some things and, uh, you know, obviously gear it up for next year, but, uh, uh, I'm appreciative, you know, a lot of guys helped out and you too, Eddie. So, um, yeah, yeah. Same here. We had, uh, uh, Logan too. He, he puts in some work too, uh, going with the prospects, but yeah, I, I want to thank you, Mike. I, I know you worked uh, double the hard, uh, this season covering all those games, you with your full-time job plus that the hours that you work and, and you were still day in and day out the taxi squad uh transactions too you were always on top of that it took a team effort but i think you went above and beyond and yeah it, it this is uh this is your baby this is your beauty but i mean you you take it to heart and really really want to be the the one to give the factual and correct information unbiased uh, opinion about the ducks and i think you did a hell of a job this season and you you tore it up so good job no, I appreciate it. And like, like you said, though, it takes a team. It's not just me. Uh, you know, Thomas, Aaron, Mario, Logan, like you talked about, you as well. All of us, uh, you know, putting in uh, the time. Guys helping out, covering the games. I wasn't the one that always covered the games on the on Twitter. There were other people that were doing it as well, doing the recaps and whatnot and everything like that. Um, and yeah, the taxi squad, F the taxi squad. Like, I'm, I'm done with that. I, you know, they said they weren't going to do it next season. I hope the league doesn't. Monitoring all that this last, you know, even though it was a short season, was a, a pain in the you-know-what. I'm not going to lie. Trying to follow that and put out everything and who got waived and who's on what and this and that. That was annoying. I even made up a section in the game previews of the taxi squad just to cover that. Um, had to modify that. So... Um, definitely a pain, but no, in all seriousness, like we said, this, this show has probably been the longest one we've ever done Uh, a lot of emotion, um, as we wrap up the season and I'm appreciative for everybody, uh, sticking uh, through, you know, it's been, uh, since 2014, we've been doing this pretty crazy. So I appreciate it. Um, and we'll be back in another week or two. Like I said, we're not going anywhere. We'll cover the off season, keep everything going, um, I hope everybody out there is staying safe. I hope you had a good weekend with your family um, and a happy Mother's Day. And as always, let's go Ducks. <laughs>